right. <laughs> well, I feel like the best way to do it is to just jump on in. Jump on in. Because you've got a lot to, to share and to unpack. Yeah. And I, honest to God, I don't even know where to start. Mm. So if you don't mind me yeah. passing the baton yeah. to you and letting you yeah. begin to share your testimony and your story. Yeah. Um, I am 39 years old and I grew up in the church and so I've had a relationship with the Lord since I was a little girl and um, you know it's funny like we have these pictures of what life is going to look like and my life looks nothing like I thought it would when I was little if I could if I could project into the future it doesn't look anything like I thought it would um, I got married young I was 19 and I became a mother young as well uh, my first child when I was 20 and um, my husband and I really grew up together um, grew up as we were raising our first son and um, I have a lot of good memories looking back on those early days um, but our marriage got hard got really hard fast and um, persevered through a lot um, when we were let's see married about 10 years um, my husband was diagnosed with mental illness uh, bipolar disorder and potentially borderline personality disorder and so like around 29 yeah um, 20 late 20s early 30s um, so we went through some testing and saw a psychiatrist and um, and that was that was um, both hard and good. Um, it was good to know what was going on. With How, what were the symptoms of that? Yeah, so um, bipolar is typically characterized by manic depression. And so it was a cycle of being depressed and not having um, the will to do much in life. And so a lot of days spent in bed, unmotivated. Unable um, to really just be motivated to Yeah, live. to show up. Mm -hmm. And so that was really hard um, as his wife, you know, and, and, and for our boys who needed a dad. Um, yeah, it was hard for him. And then he would, um, he would cycle into um, mania. And so very impulsive behavior um, on a small scale. It would be, um, you know, like staying up for 48 hours at a time and, and not needing sleep and just kind of having endless energy um, to then one day he would show up with a brand new Jeep that just, you know, he decided to go by on a whim because that was what he wanted to do in the moment. And so it took, it took me a few years to realize like these are not normal behaviors. And would you guys like fight about it not knowing like? Yeah, I mean it was, there was high conflict, especially towards the end. Because I would imagine like being in a relationship with someone exhibiting this behavior, you'd kind of be like, what the heck? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and part of the borderline is um, it really is a trauma disorder is what people are starting to, to label From it. his childhood. Now. And so looking back, I have such compassion and empathy for, for his story and what he lived with and how his trauma was manifesting in our marriage but at the time I didn't know and you didn't know all of this didn't know and so and how would you know right you know, right 
I mean, I've learned so much in the last even year about mental illness. And so now being able to share your story will impact yeah. people maybe in the storm. Yeah. And not yeah. even knowing, like, you know, this isn't, this isn't like a choice of what's right. happening. Right. Like, your husband right. wasn't making these, like, sound choices. Right, right. It wasn't on purpose. You know, he didn't wake up saying, let me be hard and mean and angry and in pain. You know, that was, that was a result of what he had lived through and what his body had lived through. And so... But uh, how, like, dealing with somebody who has had this trauma in early childhood and you see like them exhibiting this behavior I don't feel equipped like I would know how to mm. you know what I mean yeah yeah like my personality is I probably would avoid them or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I, I I've dealt with people family members that even now exhibit this kind of like behavior yeah. and I yeah. don't know what to do well, I think two things come to mind, and this is with what I know today. Um, I can't say that I, that I knew these things years ago, but today, I mean, there is the reality that we, we have to set boundaries. And just because somebody's hurting doesn't mean they can hurt other people in their pain. And so we have to set boundaries and make sure that we are safe, not just physically, but emotionally, um, and spiritually too, that, that we are well cared for, yes. And so that is, um, I think, number one. Um, and as we said- I'm just learning this now <laughs> at 33 to yes. set boundaries. Yes, yes, and it's hard work. It is hard work because we just wanna love, right? And we just wanna accept people for it's however, really you know, they're gonna show up. And when their pain is transmitted onto us and we start, being holders of their pain, then things get really tricky and um, enabling happens and codependency. And so um, it was really hard for me to, to know that in my marriage um, because I thought, you know, as a Christian wife that I was supposed to just endure. Well, and there's a lot of that, like um, I know in my family, especially with the Christian roots, it's well, we just have to forgive, we right. just have to love. And when you try to set boundaries and you have that sentiment, you're like, am I not honoring God? Like there's a lot of internal yes. conflict that can yeah. come with that. Yes, yes. And I would even say poor guidance, even from church leadership on how to respond in really some of the most unhealthy relationships. And um, it got, it got to the point where I felt my duty as a mother to protect my kids through some of the really, really hard stuff um, was more important um, than, than staying in the same house as my husband. And so things continue to progress um, with impulsive decisions. Um, there was obsession with guns and it started to get really, really scary. Um, and we had been in counseling um, but what I've learned is that talk therapy is important. It really, really is. But when you are holding trauma within your body and you've not dealt with it, um, you can talk around it all day long. Because you'll just go around the surface yeah. of it. Yeah, but it's it's not going to get 
it's not going to change. So what will change that? Mm -hmm. So there are an, there are numerous trauma therapies out there now. I'm not a counselor, but um, um, I do have a counselor, and I've had um, a wonderful woman who's walked beside me um, and helped with my own trauma. And so there's different tools and techniques that you can use um, to deal with your to trauma. deal with trauma that is not just about talking. Because um, that's important, it absolutely is. But yeah, I mean, I, my background is in acting, and a lot of our tools as an actor is to find the trauma in your body as sense memory mm. and evoke that into a scene. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm like very familiar with our bodies holding yes. our memories. Yes. And um, I think everyone has dealt with trauma in different mm -hmm. ways. and. This is the first time I've ever heard, and I don't know if anyone else can relate, like, to to not just do talk therapy, to deal with the trauma. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there needs to be more awareness of if these are the symptoms you're having, maybe you need to deal with your trauma. And what are the yeah. ways that you deal with trauma besides talking? Yeah, well, there, there are a few different things that I've become aware of. Um, somatic experience, and so really getting into your body um, is really important. So um, God made us so unique. We're not just body and mind separate. We are, it's connected, and our spirit as well. And so wow. um, things that happened you know, in our childhood that we might not necessarily remember could still be stored in our body. Wow. And so getting, um, getting that out through somatic experience. Um, I've done EMDR, which is, um, it is a technique that actually takes trauma, which might get stuck in a certain part of your brain and clears it through. Um, and you do that with a counselor and it's through um, talk therapy, but you hold typically. Okay, I'm um, familiar with that. You hold pods and, and it's, it's a bilateral stimulation of the brain. And so it's moving some of those stuck pieces through. Um, I've learned um, in my own practice, yoga is really important. Oh. Um, so just to connect with yes. the body. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yoga really helps you to be present in the yes. moment, I think. And, yes. um, you know, I actually had a hard time. I fell in love with yoga and I had a hard mm. time faith-wise because I was like, does this conflict mm. my faith? Does this not honor God? And so I had to really kind of walk and figure that out for yeah. myself because there is some same like you're saying misguidance when it comes to that too yeah yeah and I I think for me it's inviting God into all of those practices um, healing prayer has been another one and so bringing bringing God into those memories and having with the help of some some guided um, um, they're not counselors but they're they're people who are trained in this type of prayer but they they reframe it for you and so you see God in those memories and it's wow. it's you come out on the other side very differently remembering things as they were of course but then you see God in that with you and so that's been really transformational um, my kids have done neurofeedback and so that is um, that's been amazing and just understanding how the brain works with and how, holding on to the trauma and how we have we really do have tools and techniques to help us um, have more productive thoughts um, not stay in the victim mindset not stay in the defeatist mind um, and I'm not saying that those those aren't there's a time and a place and for that for sure but so bringing it back to your husband 
I, I've shared with you, I had postpartum depression yeah. really bad. Yeah. And for a, a large amount of it, I didn't know that I had postpartum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought everything I thought in this like reality of my yeah. mind was reality. Yeah. Um, did your husband, like, was he aware that he had a mental illness? Yeah. Like, was, or was his, like, um, yeah, was, I, like, I, he did, so was he able to cope with that? And, um, yes and no. I think in his best moments, on his best days, he was fully aware and willing to do the work, um, take his medicine, um, be present with his family. He was willing to do the work. And wanted to. And wanted to, and wanted to, he right? Wanted to. And then there are days, and we all have them, where um, he was not willing, and he would not take his medicine, and he would um, really push his agenda, even though it was not a healthy mindset. And so that's where the struggle comes in, and that's where the battle, not just in our marriage, but in relationships with friends and colleagues and coworkers. And so um, it was it was really, really tough. And um, three years ago in 2016, we were separated. Um, and I thought our marriage was at the end. I, I really thought I don't see any way through here um, because I, I can't I can't do this anymore. It's just so unhealthy for you so and your So unhealthy. And um, we were separated. Um, we'd had years and years of counseling. We were still in counseling together as we were separated. And um, in August of 2016, um, he took his life. And it forever changed me. Forever. And it changed our boys. Um, and there's not a day that goes by where we don't think of him. And it is, it's such a complicated uh, grief. It really, really is because, you know, so, it, when someone dies of a natural death or even due to an illness, there usually is some sort of anticipatory period and we did not have that. I mean, looking back, I can see, see I can see signs, I can see signs of isolation, um, um, him doing more like bucket list items with our kids. Um, but we had a friend who took his life years prior and I remember my husband telling me at the time, I will never do this to my family. And so I think that speaks to how how mental illness can impact one's brain so much so that they um, like they're not thinking clearly no you're not they're not thinking clearly mm-hmm. and um, and I you know three years ago set out on my grief journey um, both individually and as a mom because I was really important to me to to teach my boys how to be alive to their hearts in this, right? And not to close themselves off and not to shut feelings down because that's where I think the unhealthiness starts to brew. Um, and so for the past few years, we've been really authentic in our pain. Um, and I tell my kids there's no, like no feeling um, 
is off the table. If you want to be angry, you get to be angry, right? If you want to be um, pissed off at your dad, you can be. And then there are the days where they are just so sad and missing him so much. And that's how grief is. It is a ball of emotion. So many. So many different emotions, abandonment, fear. Um, and I think what I want them to know and what I've learned in it is that God is in every, every one of those emotions. Like everyone, he's with us, every single one. And crying with us, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, his heart is yes. in grief also with also, us, right? Yeah. There's a verse in, in Psalms and um, I need, to, I need to look up what chapter, but it talks about God keeping track of our sorrows and our tears, and He stores them in a bottle. And that has been just a reminder. I mean, every time I move to tears, knowing God's in those tears too, and He's grieving too. Yeah. Oh, I just have so many questions yeah, for you, and yeah. I just want to obviously ask them gently because um, it's, it's such a, a delicate, I feel like, yeah. topic um, when you're dealing with somebody who has lost somebody to suicide. Yeah. And um, I don't, I know a lot of people say I don't understand how somebody could do something like that. Yeah. Um, and I was one of those people for a really long time. And then after having my daughter, I mean, I remember I was, and I'll share with you because you've been so brave to share your story, but I remember I was on a family vacation for my birthday in August also, um, of 2017. Mm. Uh, it was five months after I had my daughter and on the surface, I don't think anyone would have ever thought yeah. I was dealing with this. Yeah. Um, and I think only my husband really knows. I was there with my parents and my husband and um, my kids. I love my kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love mm -hmm. my kids yeah. more than anything. Yeah. And I remember just being like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And if I still feel like this, my birthday that comes up, yeah. I'm not going to do it anymore because yeah. I can't. And, um, yeah. I think a lot of people have family members they've lost to suicide or hear about, and they're like, how could you do that? But it's not the, that wasn't me. No. You know, that's yeah. not me having yeah. those thoughts. That was somebody else. Yeah. Like, I really look, and I'm like, who was that? Yeah. Um, and I feel so grateful that I had the opportunity to, like, learn about the power of prayer. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and um, yeah. I, I've said it before, but, like, I never really understood it, but to have someone pray for you yeah. and to pray for the things like it's the beginning of healing from yes, trauma. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah. I just, I just honor you sharing the story mm. of your husband's suicide. Mm. I have friends that have lost family members to suicide, and I know there's a lot of thoughts of like, how could they do this to me? Right. You know, and I know on your husband's best day in a sound mind, he wouldn't have he made wouldn't. that choice. And yeah. I think it's so important to go out and to talk about it. And in doing so, 
looking back now, I know none of us are ever responsible for these decisions that people make. Is there anything that you can do, though, you think, to draw awareness or prevention or or anything you think to to help out with people in that situation yeah yeah because I look having walked through it and I'm like is it just a personal thing that everyone has to figure out on their own like an alcoholic or an addict you know what I mean like you look at them and you want to help them but they really have to make the choice to help themselves too right yeah and everyone is affected by those decisions around them and and they see it but they still can't yeah. be motivated like yeah. you were saying to create this change yes, yes. yeah right and, and that's such a good and important question and one that my kids and I have talked about at length because it's it's natural to feel guilt when you lose a loved one to suicide and to ask what could I have done what what should I have done and um, and it's really twofold. Um, in the simplest sense, I think we've learned and we've come to terms with the fact that we cannot keep another person alive. Like it is not our responsibility. It's not our responsibility to force someone to choose to be here. And so on like on one level, I think that helps them to understand it's not like it's and, not and it's our not fault. and it's not now your responsibility to prevent other people you know what I mean like and I think that sometimes you know I know friends that have dealt with it and it's it's this uh complex it's so complex world of feelings and emotions yeah yeah and I guess really you can just be the healthiest you yes yes if if we can do our work that is going to be not only beneficial for us as individuals, but for our children, for our families. And I think that's where um, my husband believed the lie that he couldn't do his work. Um, and so even though I say it's not our responsibility to keep somebody alive, I think there are things we can do absolutely when we know we have friends or family or loved ones struggling. Um, I, and even in the last three years, have had many people in my life who've come to me and say, I don't know if I can keep going on. And I first and foremost tell them, I am here and I am that person that I want you to text or call when you are in bed or in the bathroom well, and yeah, you can't. It's, it's the isolation, right? Yes. And so what you need most is community and community. connection and to be real and like yeah. you're saying. Yeah. It's. Like being you willing. with your kids, like feel your all your feelings are welcome. Yeah. You know, like your brokenness, like I yeah. know there's this thing like your brokenness is welcome here yeah. mm-hmm. and having a safe space for yeah. that, right? Yeah. I've learned a lot about um like you said, community and also ways that we can support our own flourishing. And so that's through, you know, simply enough sleep. Sleep's so um, important. So important. And I think about as a new mom, I mean, just the influx of hormones and lacking of sleep the and new schedule. Sleep. And I mean, that we see how, how that can Affect really your change. your mental health. Absolutely. I mean, you literally start to lose your mind yes. if you are not getting sleep. Yes. Yes. And so, um, 
sleep, you know, foods that fuel our bodies and, you know, food can be medicine. I've learned that as well. Oh, yeah. And so um, it's about what we're eating. Are we exercising? That's funny that you said that because I actually have a lot of food allergies. Mm. Like I am anaphylactic to tree nuts. Oh, okay. And somebody said that a lot of the mental health could be inflammation yes. in the body. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm very sensitive to food. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I definitely try to to keep that in mind. But it's a dis it's discipline. Yes. You know. Yeah. To go to yoga to, mm -hmm. and for somebody you know I have a cousin who battles with bipolar. Um, he's been admitted a few times and he has a really hard time being motivated to do anything yeah. and I worry about him regularly and I don't know what I could do um, to help him because he needs to be able to help, help himself. himself but I know mm -hmm. there's a lot of childhood trauma there yeah yeah unresolved issues like major trauma and he had major ADD as a little kid and I know they're finding now that ADD is actually um, ADD is actually a symptom of yeah. mm -hmm. trauma. Yeah, yes, yes, which is staggering because you look at statistics and, I mean, kids are being diagnosed left and right with ADD. And so I think it's really, for, it, for me and for my family, it was a wake-up call to start taking care of ourselves. And if we don't, if we don't work to heal our pain, we, were, we will transmit it to other people. And so sometimes that's, you know, sleeping and eating and exercising in a way that we're taking care of ourselves. And sometimes that's sitting on a counselor's couch and sometimes that's doing EMDR or um, eating in a way that we're minimizing inflammation in the brain. I mean, we're learning so much about the brain and mental illness, I'm convinced, is just like an illness and like diabetes like diabetes and people don't choose it right? right they don't choose it i actually had someone tell me well i could have chosen to have postpartum but i didn't and i was like wow i didn't choose and this. that's i think that's the dangerous you know, thinking like, yeah. yeah i'm like yeah. absolutely never ever would mm -hmm. i choose this yes. for myself yes. and then you feel guilty yeah right mm -hmm. um I know one thing that really helped me was the Moms in Prayer group and yes. having that sense of community mm -hmm. where I could cry out to the Lord and yeah. lay my anxieties and have them repeat them after me and mm. pray it with me. I mean, yeah. it, there was so much power there. Yes, it's good. Have you found um, that loneliness is kind of like a byproduct of depression and also a cause? It's like a, mm. it's kind of like a trap, yeah. right? Like that mm -hmm. it's hard to to break out of because you're you're stuck in your your own way and it's hard to share what you're going through and that's what really needs to happen yes you know what yes. I mean so yeah um yes and I I have seen that happen in the past with my husband and then trying to convince himself that there's not a problem when really he does need community and he does need you know, or he did need community. He did need people to step in and to, to be available. And so I think we tell ourselves the lie that we have to be strong all the time. And sometimes the most courageous thing we can do is just be honest and say, I'm hurting and I need help. And I do this with my boys, you know, and um, 
I have one in eighth grade and one who's a freshman in college. And, you know, they're working really hard to meet the to meet the world standards of success. And that can be so exhausting at times. And so it's just it's just remembering, you know, we get to we get to feel our brokenness and feel our pain. And this isn't our home. And so we're gonna feel off sometimes and that's okay, but we don't do it alone. And we don't pretend that we're okay when we're not. And so it's a, it's a lot of just being honest with one another and then helping them to cultivate those relationships with their friends. So honest that, friendships. Yes, so that they have those safe spaces. Um, because when we're not honest about how we're doing, we're really only hurting ourselves and those who love us. And so I think it's, it's about having the courage to... And it's so amazing to me how sometimes in relationships that aren't God-centered, it's more difficult to have those honest conversations, yeah. Yeah. would you say? I mean, as far as like in community with each other, mm-hmm. it... I think when when you put God in the center of your relationship and you if you are able to have a friend that you can say I'm struggling here can you please pray with me through this? Yeah. Yeah. You know that yeah. that eases the the loneliness yes. and then because it's a fine line like you were saying with having a boundary. Mhm. You know, mm-hmm. and then having to carry that but if you meet somebody in prayer yeah. You know, yeah. You're able to, and I'm just like coming to this realization now, like with relationships in my life, like, you know, I need this boundary here, but mm. maybe we can pray together for our relationship. Yeah. And, you know, I yeah. mean, that might be something to try. Well, I think there's such power in inviting people into your story and inviting people in to um, supporting you in it and inviting you inviting them in to, to praying with you and to trusting God alongside of you. I mean, there's power in that. And breaking down this, yes. everything is perfect. Yes, yes. Facade, I guess. Yeah. You want to call it. Is there a story in the Bible or mm. a Bible verse or a promise that you yeah. hold on to? Yeah, I mean, so many. Um, Oh, so many. I mean, my favorite verse is Isaiah 41.10, and it's on a bracelet that I wear every I day. I saw that when you were sitting down, and I was curious. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. Isaiah 41.10. Yes. So my uncle just shared that verse with me last oh, night at the dinner table. It's, and it's it's been a favorite <laughs> of right ours. right over there. <laughs> I love that. Um, wow. I mean for the last three years. And then most recently with this new journey that I'm walking, you know, with fighting cancer. And so I do not need to be afraid. God is with me. I do not need to fear. He's holding me up. And and that's been that's been a mantra for my boys and I. Um, I love... So you do not need... So you, you do not need to be afraid. Mm-hmm. God is holding you up. Yeah, yeah. You do not need to... Yeah. I just like want to like yeah. you're saying a mantra do over and over. Do not be afraid. You know, yeah. God is every with us. Day do not you fear. Have to choose faith or fear. Absolutely. Especially everything like breeds this fear. Yes. Like I'm scared to use certain toothpaste or you know, right. Like, like right. it's so extensive the yes. fear. Yes. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. like so extensive that. Yeah. How do people live without faith? I know. I know. 
How do you, you know? Yeah, and I, there, there are so many stories. Um, I have learned to be okay with the wrestle that we enter into with God. And there's a story in the Old Testament Jacob wrestling and through the night they wrestle. Are you um, wrestling with him now? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he, he come, Jacob comes out of that wrestle um, with a limp, but he's a new man. And that is, I feel like that's symbolic of where I am today. You know, wrestling out, God, what are you doing? What's the story? What is, what is, why? And I know that I don't have to be afraid, um, but he's in every question. He's in every, um, every painful moment. He's in the heartbreak. He's in the joy. He's in the peace. He's in all of it. And so it's okay to wrestle it out. I had someone, uh, Robin, wonderful woman. She came and shared her testimony. And one thing that she said to me, which I don't know if I would easily be able to apply it, um, is in crisis, we have to change from asking why to what. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if I mm -hmm. could do that because yeah. I know why. Yeah. I was that kid. Why? 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 You know? Yeah. Um, so for me to stop and say, God, what is, what are you doing? Show me what you're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That resonates very very much um like what are what are you doing yeah and i i see glimpses um and then i go back to asking why and then <laughs> i'm back to you know then i'll okay god what what do you want in this season and what is my response and um what would you say to somebody who's wrestling with god right now yeah i would say you keep wrestling keep wrestling you keep wrestling because he is in every question, every uncertainty, um, and he's not going to leave you. What he's about someone who's afraid to wrestle with God? Like, mm. for example, you know, my dad grew up Catholic, and yeah. um, he, um, I feel, I don't want him to be upset with me sharing this, but um, he has a hard time asking God for healing. Mm. Mm. So, what would you say to yeah, him? Yeah, I would say some of the most profound lessons, life changes, have come from my wrestling. Like, I am who I am today because of the wrestle that I've experienced previously. And I know my current wrestle is going to give birth to who I am going to be tomorrow. And so in a lot of ways, I, I wouldn't trade it. Because and would you say it's okay to fight with God? I would say it is okay to take your truest, honest, scared self to God because he's big enough and he can handle it and he wants to and he will. He wants to. And he'll love you anyway. Yeah. He will love you through it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much, yeah. Amanda. Yeah. I just love you so much, and I just met you. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing your story. Aww. And I'm going to be praying for you. Thank you. Thank and you. And I'm going to put on my wrestling outfit. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank I just you. love how God works and has, right? you know, 
It's cool to he see. connects complete strangers for his, his greater purpose. His story, right? Yeah. So thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. You, thank you so much for sitting here with us today and hearing Amanda's story. Um, please share your comments, um, and I really hope this opens a broad conversation about mental health. Mm. And if you're struggling out there, you're not alone. That's and right wrestle God. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Okay. I'm good now. I'm good. <laughs>